Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We are back in the book of Luke today in chapter 7. And just a lot to talk about in these chapters. They're jam-packed. So we're going to go through the chapter like we do. And just highlight some of the parts that kind of stuck out and kind of flush out what's going on. And what's going on here initially in Luke is an awesome story about a centurion yeah. in Luke chapter 7. So let's kick centurion's it off. centurion's a leader in the Roman army. And this guy evidently reaches out to Jesus and needs help. So like mm-hmm. verse 2 says there's a centurion's servant whose master was highly uh, valued highly, was sick mm-hmm. and about to die. The centurion essentially had heard about Jesus, sent messengers to go talk to him. And so just before you unpack any more of this, you have to understand like what, what, what cultural barriers are being broken down just in the first in the couple reaching out. verses. Yeah, just yeah. him reaching out. So one, this man's a Gentile. He's not a Jew. Right. Two, he he's a soldier. Yeah. And soldiers and the Jewish people didn't get along. Three, he's a centurion. So that means he's got lots of cheddar. He's got the Benjamins or the, <laughs> yeah. the Caesar. He's got lots of money, basically. He's not just a private. So the fact that he is not a Jew, he is a soldier who is usually against Jews, and he's really wealthy when a lot of these people are poor, you're like, okay, is Jesus going to hang out with this guy? Is Jesus going right. to help him? Because oftentimes Jesus is known for, I've come to mm-hmm. like set the oppressed free, set the captive free, help the, the lame walk, the blind see. And you think about the poor and the gentle and the lowly, which is true. And yet here Jesus helps someone who is a very high yeah. status. He comes to him and says, okay, like, mm. let, let's do this. So I think there, that even reveals more of God's heart. Yeah. When it's like Jesus is for truly everyone who understands they need help. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, so when you look at the head to like verses five and specifically six, Jesus then goes with mm-hmm. them. When he was not far from the house, when the centurion had sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. The centurion speaks and says, I don't deserve to have you even come under my roof. Then verse 8, he says, Mm. for I myself am a man under authority. And so that humility there uh, is not that he doesn't want to hang out with Jesus. He's like, I don't deserve you to come under my roof. He understands his inability and clearly like the goodness of Jesus to some extent. And he's like, kind of like Peter from two chapters ago. Like, Mm. I'm a sinner. You don't even want to be in my presence. Mm -hmm. And yet again, Jesus shows us. No, this is who I've come to be with. Yeah. People who want help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I like how it ends in verse 9 with this story specifically. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, To the crowd, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Mm. Then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So there's something about the centurion understanding the, the kingdom. Not just Jesus, but also the kingdom at play, that he understood the hierarchy when he yeah. said, I'm under authority. authority. Like, I know that all you have to do is just breathe it or say it or yeah. and it'll be done. Yes. And so the fact that he had this kind of faith was so astonishing to Jesus. That That is actually a different word. It's amazed in this translation. It's astonished in other ones. And if you flip back in the Gospel of Mark... In Mark chapter six, there's another story where this same verb, adjective, the same word 
Yeah. <laughs> it's what kind of word it is. And uh, amazed and astonished. And it's actually for the people's lack of faith in Jesus's hometown. And so what's curious is how there's these polarizing pictures that we're getting and they all have to, they have to do with faith. Yeah. And, and Jesus says, this guy's not even part of the home team. Yeah. He's not even, I haven't found anybody like this in Israel. I am blown away. Yeah. And so when you think about how you're going to live, I know that the call is like, oh, the faith of a mustard seed. And we, we have these pictures and examples that we get in scripture, how um, like sometimes it's so hard just to cling on to like that last thread. Like, I think I believe, I think I believe, but there's always an invitation for persistence in prayer. There's always an invitation. And in this picture specifically to have bold belief yeah, so that you can come before, whether you know the entire story of Jesus, like I doubt the centurion knew every, I bet he knew quite a bit just because of what was happening culturally and kind of the unrest. Yeah. But when it comes to like the prophetic and all the things that Jesus was fulfilling, yeah, I don't probably know if, didn't he, know much I don't know if he knew that. For and sure. so for him to say, Hey, you're the guy. You can do it. Don't even come into my presence. Don't even come. Just say it. That's the kind of faith that I just, Lord, help my unbelief. Help grow me into this Gentile guy yeah. that really, really, truly believes. Yeah. And and Jesus, another thing that Jesus does here that he doesn't do often is he commends him publicly, where he says like, mm-hmm. "This dude's got it." Like yeah. he, I haven't seen anything like this. And he says that to uh, to people in front of him. Yeah. One more word to the authority is like mm. the greatest mark of authority is like the reversal of death. Um, yeah. And that's what Jesus is getting here. I can't think of any more anything more powerful than mm. that, like in the earthly realm at least, of someone bringing somebody dead back to right. life. And that's something that Jesus does and Jesus shows us. He yeah. has the power to bring the dead back to life or the sick can become well. Mm. And that's actually a pretty popular point of conversation in this chapter specifically. Right. Because that's what happens next. Right away next. It says Jesus raises a widow's son. And Mm -hmm. so what happens is Jesus is walking through, he sees a processional, a mom crying and the mom's crying because their only son. There's no mention of the father so or the husband. So it leads you to believe that maybe this uh, son was Mm -hmm. the caretaker of her, the provider for her, her only family member uh, she had left. And so in verse 13, Jesus saw her. Yeah. His heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Again, that's compassion. That's Jesus hmm. being merciful and extending this lady uh, his heart in a way that really reveals again just the heart of God. Because what happens here culturally again, if you don't have, if you're a woman and you don't have a husband or a son to take care of you, you're a widow. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to feed yourself. You might be taken advantage of um, with your stuff being stolen, uh, physically, sexually, whatever it is. You're in trouble. You're in big trouble. Yeah. And so Jesus sees again someone who really needs help. And again, it kind of flips from like this wealthy Gentile soldier to uh, now a widow. A lowest Going to be poor, the lowest of the low in the social status. And Jesus is like, I need to help you. Yeah. One of the weird things too that, not weird thing, a different thing about the Jewish culture is sometimes some of the scholars will say when somebody dies, they're buried like that day. They clean them up right away. Mm. They get the body ready and they have a funeral service. It's like, quickly within 24 hours okay which is different than how we handle it obviously we, we have, have all the preservation now. stuff yeah. then they yeah. didn't have yeah so the fact that this was like imminent like her son must have just died they did what they needed to do they're going to bury him and it's goodbye yeah. and jesus catches them right in this this hour or yeah. two as she was walking it's like man says if you go to the old testament there are other people who have been raised from the dead by the power of god elijah and elisha yeah have raised them but they would like lay over the corpse or like put their staff over the corpse and have to lay on it three times and cry out to God to help. 
Jesus, again, just like from this first section of Luke 7, he just speaks a word. Yeah. He just says, get up. And that, again, just brings me back to creation and yeah. brings me back to him in the, the storm at sea. Just like, hey, peace, be still. Right. And how at his word, everything yeah. is under authority. Yeah. And it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. But what's interesting is how this ends. This is a specific section, like verse 16. Hmm. They say, wow, the people, wow, a great prophet. Wow. 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 <laughs> a great prophet has appeared among us. God's come to yeah, help his people. But saying Jesus yeah. is a prophet is not enough. Yep. He's so much more than that. And so like they're inching their way there, but they haven't crossed the line yet to understand and accept Jesus for who he really is. Yeah. Um, and, and the way that Luke writes is intentional because... Like, who, well, who is this Jesus guy? Right, then? another question. The next section yeah. comes up John the Baptist, who's wrestling with the same thing. Yeah. So let's jump in. This is around verse 18. So Jesus' disciples told him about all these things, calling two of them. He sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one? So this is, sorry, I said Jesus, but this is John. John this disciples. is John yeah. in prison sending his disciples, asking Jesus, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? I love that question from John. We're going to keep unpacking it, but I actually really like the question. Verse 21, at the very time Jesus cured, at that very time, <clears throat> Jesus cured many who had diseases, sickness, and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. Mm. So he replied, Jesus replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleaned. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Hmm. And so I, uh, one of the things I actually really love, we have more to say about this, keep going on, is John's honesty. So you think about John and who he is in the, in relationship and just in, in human proximity to Jesus. He's, he's Jesus' cousin. They're cousins. They've grown up together. They've done ministry together. John, they each had like specific and distinct calls on their life from utero. We have Holy Spirit evidence connection, yeah. that there's some kind of connection between these two. Yeah. And John is getting toward the end where he, you know, the end is coming. Yeah. And he is just wondering, like, is this it? Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. I'm in jail. I've given everything all of my life. And as I sit and I reflect on it, and I love the honesty that John brings before the Lord as a model for us. Yeah. Because Jesus doesn't come um, and rebuke and he doesn't come with fire and he doesn't come with wrath. He comes with evidence where he says, yeah. go back and tell him. And I think sometimes if I just think about our own prayer lives and the dry and um, superficial things that we bring before the Lord, I really wonder like if, is God inviting us to more honesty? Like as I read this passage, but also as I look at the Psalms and as I look at the book of, of Job and, and as I see just the sufferings and the trial of this life, I really wonder like, you know, God knows all this pain yeah, he and he sees it. all this pain and he welcomes it. you like, we, we think of these things as like, you know, we want to hide, we don't want to have doubts or we want to hide these parts of us. And, and Jesus is showing here, like, I, I welcome that not yes. only in like, we're talking about, you know, the resurrection of these people who have been, um, the widow's son and then the healings that have happened, but even in just the cerebral, um, heady knowledge that sometimes we just cannot get out of where well, Jesus is saying what? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say like what, what's happening underneath in John's heart is John has misunderstood the nature of Jesus ministry. 
and has misunderstood the nature of the kingdom of God. Why? Because I think he was expecting this God of judgment to come in and just Well, that like, was his message. That was his message. Yeah. And that's why John, I think, was thinking like maybe his timing was off because Jesus is going to do that one day. But he's like, yeah. what's happening? And like John, <laughs> like John, I'm coming back to what you said, full yeah. circle here, but like John, sometimes we can misunderstand the, the nature of God's ministry. And we also can misunderstand and just not understand the like, why things happen. Like maybe you have a loved one who you prayed for and you yeah. really believed and they died like young or something just terrible happened. And you're like, God, where are you? Like, what is happening? How could a good God allow this to happen? Yeah. And we don't have that answer always, at least not right now. Someday we might have more clarity as to like what God was doing and how he was using bad things uh, for good. But here John was misunderstanding like what Jesus was doing. But like Bobby's saying, in his time of trying to recalibrate and figure it out, he didn't go get hammered at the bar. He didn't go complain to his friends. He went directly to yeah. God. And I think there are times where we're not going to understand what God's doing. And we're going to misunderstand oh, yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. But go to God and talk to him. Yeah. Share your heart. Uh, have brothers and sisters in the faith. Those are the people you need to like confide in and just wrestle with your honesty, your doubts, your fears. Like, I don't get this. Wrestle. That's wrestle the opportune word. When yeah, you look even at it. the saints of whether it's, um, you know, Jacob and literally him being one who wrestled with God. But I'm even thinking of commentator, like the late Tim Keller talks about how like these kind of things, like doubts and things we wrestle with. These are like antibodies. These are what help boost our immune system when when you're using that analogy with our relationship with the Lord. Other commentators talk about how it's like um, these questions, these percolating like things that are actually real that we're dealing with are like ants in your pants that just help you. They don't want you to get stagnant and content in your yeah. relationship. And it's like that's the the realness that you bring to the Lord. That's what proves like I we talk about this in our own home, like when we bring our lament and our complaints and our questions to God, that's actually actually showing that we we believe that he's there and he's listening because otherwise we would just think oh he's not going to do any or you know he's not doing anything or this isn't a really big thing or whatever mm -hmm. anyway yeah. so all that's to say yeah a lot to just unpack even in just in in john the baptist just being human yeah. with jesus it's yeah good stuff. i appreciate it so as the story keeps going jesus then continues mm -hmm. on and one of the pharisees invited jesus to have dinner with them and then a woman just comes in the house uh, so taboo. And, so These taboo. Women. Yeah, but <laughs> kudos to her. She's got some real guts here. It's awesome because she comes in, and while yeah. Jesus is eating at the table, she cracks out an alabaster jar, anoints his feet mm. with this perfume, and then cries and weeps, and mm -hmm. then uses her hair to bless Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so the people, this has just got to be a real awkward moment for everybody that's in the room that's not Jesus and this woman. Yeah. Because she's dialed in and she understands who she was, who he is, and how she should treat him. Everyone's like, what is she Get doing? Get this lady out of here. So Jesus, yeah. he's just dropping parables. That's what he usually does when people <laughs> don't fully understand this. So like in verses 41 through 43, Jesus yeah. tells the, everyone around him, he said, hey, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither one of them had the money to pay it back, so he forgave the, both of their debts. Mm -hmm. Now, which one will love him more? And so everybody understands clearly the guy who was 500 in the red because that debt was far greater. Bigger, yeah. And then Jesus is like, yes, you get it. That's the exact point. She understands mm -hmm. like the depth of her depravity and what, again, only Jesus can offer. And she's like, I'm going to give you my everything. 
we don't know how much exactly the alabaster jar of perfume costs, but it's probably a lot of money, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And she comes in and just gives it to Jesus, cracks open, puts it on his feet of all places, not his hands, not his head, on his feet. And he's blessed. And Jesus goes, she yeah. gets it. That boldness that, that she has comes from understanding her, her brokenness and God's redeeming touch. Yeah. Like when you accept who Christ is and what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how long you've been in the faith or we've been in the faith, there's this like re-evangelizing of ourself that we have to do every day and even moment by moment. That's how it keeps us centered on the gospel. And that's where you understand God's grace. That moves you to gratitude. And now that gratitude, then you love other people and you love God. And, and she gets it. Now, in the Pharisees' yeah. eyes, though, in the Pharisees' eyes, Jesus' company with this person undermined the legitimacy of his ministry. And Jesus again mm. is like, you don't get it. Like, these are the people I've come for. Yeah. Why Jesus again came from the rich, he came for the rich centurion. There are some in the Sanhedrin that eventually give their life to Christ as well, we right. believe. Um, but here he's like, I come for people who know they need help. And so if you notice just the movement in this story, there's the forgiveness of sins that Jesus offers, yep. right? Then there is a woman who genuinely repents and understands this and then believes in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, there's a faith that's lived out so much that she barges into a party of a, an elite man's house and she just cracks his perfume open and blesses Jesus with it. And so it's like, wow. She it gets is. It. There's, a, there's a sense of boldness there. What do you think? Any final words on that last section? No, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for it. Like we said, Luke chapter 7, jam-packed full of stuff, whether we're talking about faith that's you know on full display and seen, um, or we're talking about bringing um, honest and authentic questions to the Lord, or really at the end here where mm. you know this picture, we actually, yeah, there, this picture, I like the word picture that we're given. Like we actually can see this. You can see that in my head, like how Luke lays it out with such detail. You can feel the awkward tension and you can understand like what this meant in the moment. And so just really grateful for Luke chapter seven. I hope you guys have time to read it for yourself. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Talk about Luke chapter seven. Talk about it with your kids, with your roommate, with your coworkers. Um, You're going to be blessed. So thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back with Luke chapter eight tomorrow. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.